It's time for Yusuf on security and it's time to meet again to bring you up to speed on security that matters most this week. Good to meet you again. We will continue what we've started last week. The critical part of the internet infrastructure where security can be delivered effectively and in return, this allows organizations to mitigate risks and attack at an early stage. In this two-part series, we've discussed DNS layer security earlier on part one. But first, let's have a look at what has been trending since we met last. It's all coming up next on Yusuf on Security. This is Yusuf on Security, episode 18, recorded Saturday, 5th of June, 2021. DNS Layer Security, part 2. On the news front, SonicWall has released an update to address a post-authentication vulnerability um, within the on-premise version of their network security manager, NSM. Now, users are urged to upgrade to patch versions of the NSM appliance to 2.2.1-R6 and Network Security Manager NSM 2.21-RX enhanced as soon as possible. The issue does not affect software as a service version of the NSM. Now, of course... um, who is um, who is SonicWall? Well, SonicWall is a um, internet security appliance um, organization that sells a range of um, of primarily targeted um, appliances for content control and network security. And this normally includes um, devices providing services um, such as firewall, um, UTM, and that is the Unified Threat Management. Uh, VPN, virtual private network, and anti-span for um, for mail. So they obviously released that, and um, and I think I will include in the um, in the show notes. And it's important to actually have a look at that um, as soon as possible. And of course, to make sure that management services are accessible only to um, to authorized um, individuals. Now, the vulnerability in the SonicWall SM and, um, NSM on-prem product um, allows an authentication att- um, attacker to perform um, OS, the operating system um, injection um, and related commands, by crafting a, um, a specifically created HTTPS request. Um, so this vulnerability affects the NSM on-prem 2.2.0 dash r10 and earlier version so it's it's critical to um, to have a look at the um, of that um, of that issue as soon as possible the next worthy news is um, a site and a service that I'm very fond of um, have I been pwned um, and that is um, being made open source codes based and will receive data um, from none other than the FBI. So essentially, last week I've been pwned. Um, it's been um, it's been made essentially um, open source. Just to give you a um, have I been pwned um, and who is behind it? Well, um, a gentleman called Troy Hunt. Um, it has created this uh, free resources for anyone to you know, quote, to quickly assess if they have been put at risk 
due to an online account of their um, having been basically compromised, i.e. pwned, and that's the technical term that we use in the security um, arena, P-W-N-E-D, pwned, basically taken over or, or, or um, abused. Um, and that's normally within within the data breaches. So if your account has unfortunately landed in the hands of the cyber crook, um, it's said to be pwned or obtained. Um, and he said, um, if I continue, I wanted to keep it dead simple, he said, to use an, an, an entirely free so that it could be of a maximum benefit to the community. So, um, and he's been building this, obviously, um, from his own pocket. Um, so what is this site about? And the website, again, is haveibeenpwned.com. So, you know, H-A-V-E-I-B-E-N-P-W-N-E-D.com. And you really cannot miss it. You can just type, have I been pwned? And pwned is P-W-N-E-D. Um, dot com, um, and you should be able to land on um, on the page. And he said this say, you know this site came about um, after what was at the time the largest ever single breach of a customer account, and that was you know the days of Adobe. Um, he said I often did post breach analysis of user credentials and kept finding the same account being exposed over and over again, often with the same password, which then put the victim at further risk of their other accounts being compromised. If I just stop there, and I think we, we, we understand most of us, um, you know, at least in the early days, and I think a lot of people still do, um, use the same um, email address um, to log into multiple services or use the same um, password um, with multiple services. And if, if one side is actually fallen hostage um, to the cyber crook, um, then, then all they need to do is just really do some social engineering um, or um, open source intelligence. And that means they, they basically scavenge your profile throughout the internet um, and then actually sort of knit together um, who you are, what you use, um, and essentially discover other um, services that you, may, you might have actually logged in or use the same password and email address. And if that is the case, um, in the case of, for example, in the Adobe breach at the time, a lot of people um, use the same email and password, be it obviously simple, um, to register and um, use and consume other services. So once that database became available um, to the bad guys, um, all they need to do is essentially then scavenge um, the profile of the person and log into the different side that that person might have actually been um, um, registered with that same username and password. And bingo, they get into those um, environments time and again. Um, so he said, why build a site? If I can continue, this site serves two primary purposes for me, he said. Firstly, it obviously provides a service to be public. Data breaches are rampant and many people don't appreciate the scale or frequency of which they occur. Um, by aggregating the data here, I hope that it not only helps victims learn of compromises of their account, but also highlight the severity of the risk of online attacks on today's internet. Secondly, he said, the site provided with uh, me with an excellent use of um, um, putting a, a number of technology through their paces and keeping my hands on skills somewhat current. Projects like this are an excellent way of staying relevant as my day job increasingly, increasingly focuses more on software management and less on actual building things, which I often love to do, he said. It's been an enormous fulfilling journey that I've been, um, that I've invited others to join me 
on by way of Ovin blogging in depth about the process, something I intend to keep up as the site inevitably evolves over time. And quote. So that really services. If you go to um, the website, um, the first thing you actually see is a um, is a, what looks like a search bar, which basically invites you to type your um, your email or phone um, number in international format, and then you've got to press a a, um, a button on the right um, side of the of the field where you typed your email or phone, and then you press pound exclamation mark, i.e. basically says, um, meaning, you know, take this email or phone number and tell me if you found this um, one or um, one piece of information, whether you type the email or phone, you have to type one of them, not both. Um, and then it will go deep into the database, into the database and see if that has been found. And of course, it's, it's very well trusted. And as of recording um, of the podcast, it lists um, 540 um, compromises website, meaning pwned website. Um, I think it's eleven billion three hundred eighty-eight million four hundred five nine hundred eighty-two pwned account. That's eleven point three, almost eleven point four billion account compromises. Um, it also has one hundred fourteen thousand one hundred ten pastes, basically being exposed or uploaded onto the onto the internet. Um, and, um, you know, over 2 million um, placed account being basically publicly made available. Um, and then you, it has a list of the largest breaches and the most recent added breaches. So it's a great service to actually really have a look at um, your own um, um, account to see if it has actually been made um, public and you probably would find if you have been using an email, you know, such as mine, um, um, for a long time, like myself, um, the and, and you haven't been very careful, and your password essentially been everywhere and very weak. Um, you might you might find it, um, but you might not. Um, so have a look at it. Um, and essentially, it's um, it's a great service to actually keep an eye on what is um, what is there. You can also do domain search, um, and you can you can you can set up a, a domain. There is obviously a um, subscription. Um, um, service um, until now where you can um, actually look for domain um, and if you want to look at the um, of a domain um, you you need to obviously enter the domain you like to search um, there are additional services which you can actually find where you have to verify that you are the owner of the domain first um, and and um, and essentially double check um, the service checks whether you own the domain so that there's no there's no abuse on the on the website as well so that's really something that i just wanted to um, bring you to your attention it's a great service to use um, if you're worried about whether your um, password or email and password combination has actually fallen victim to the to the um, you know to the miscreants um, so to speak um, it's a great great place to actually have a look at um, and check whether that is the case or not So DNS layer security. So um, last week I um, sort of set the um, 
the foundation for the DNS layer security and that was part one and this week we will continue on part two just to go deeper into the security part now that we have actually solidified the foundation of the infrastructure so essentially your computer uses um, recursive um, DNS and what that really means is when you actually go to a website such as usufonsecurity.com your computer doesn't know the domain um, meaning the usufonsecurity.com it needs to to go and find that so it asks another machine closer to itself um, to go and resolve that because machines normally use IP addresses they don't they don't reason on names the names um, are for us i.e. the DNS is for us but they actually say okay here's the DNS um, that the person typed on the browser user on security.com I want to I want to know the IP address where um, this domain belongs so it asks the the next hop meaning the the DNS um, server locally normally there would be a local DNS server if you are sitting on a corporate environment but if you are sitting on a home um, it will then be your um, ISP the internet provider um, that you have um, and then that will resolve and if it doesn't know um, if it hasn't cached meaning if it hasn't seen it before therefore hasn't kept a copy of it um, it will then go and ask the next next hop meaning the next machine until it finds and then returns back to you so your computer uses recursive meaning it keeps looking for recursively the dns um, as the first step to connect um, to to places on the internet and unfortunately, um, the same thing uh, are done by criminals. So malware, ransomware, as we see it, tons of it in the last um, couple of months so far um, this year, um, and including phishing and other scams, use DNS server to look up and connect to, to infrastructure um, that is set up by a cyber criminal to power these attacks. And a lot of organizations, um, when they are breached, the first thing they would normally do is they will divert the, um, the DNS traffic um, instead of the person going to the right environment, the right resources, they sort of take over the DNS. So really when you when you have a breach at that level, um, pretty much really um, the, um, the, the, the boat has sailed. You, you've really lost um, the, the environment. You, you, you're essentially being owned um, um, by, the, um, by the cyber crooks. The environment is pwned, if we, if we use that vocabulary that I've been um, using when I was describing the have I been pwned, um, um, if, I, if I may do so. So monitoring DNS requests. Um, as well as the subsequent IP connections um, made by those machines in your environment is an easy way to provide um, a better accuracy of detection of malicious activity and compromise um, systems. And it improves basically the security visibility of the network protection. So when the machine is going and actually connecting to usefulsecurity.com, um, if it's not going there and you go into bed, badwebsite.com, the machine um, that is resolving, meaning bringing that, um, website to the to the requester to your machine if it has the intelligence to say hey this is badwebsite.com you should not supposed to go there that's actually really good and this is an effective way to resolve the issue even before it actually reached the, the the user even before sometimes for those organization who are using a DNS layer security which is normally resolution is provided way beyond the environment of the um, of the corporate in, um, settings and therefore the risk mitigation is actually um, done um, before the organization perimeter is reached so it's called um, a protection beyond the border of the organization protection beyond border so um, so essentially nothing stops attackers um, earlier than DNS layer security.
After all, DNS is the first step in making a connection on the internet, right? Every single machine that we use um, relies on, on, on DNS. You don't see really machines connecting to an IP address. I mean, you can type an IP address um, of usofonsecurity.com. I mean, if you open a command line um, or a shell, um, if you're using a Linux or a Mac machine, and then you type, for example, Bing space usofonsecurity.com, um, it will give you an IP address. You can also type Bing space the IP address or NSLOOKUP space the IP address and it will resolve and give you back the DNS. So you can actually play with those and see which one you can get. Um, and by getting one, you should be able to resolve the other one. But machines, um, unlike humans, work on numbers. They are So basically they are numerically driven um, um, activity rather than as reasoning in terms of phrases and words and vocabulary. Um, and that's how normally um, machines work. So the bad guys essentially take advantage of that resolution and therefore either divert or give them the wrong information and put um, unnecessary data that should not be there in the DNS cache. And it's called the DNS cache poisoning. You can actually Google that and actually have a look um, on a lot of actually material that has been, um, that has been um, written. So cyber attack essentially um, have many faces. So before launching the, the attack, the attacker first needs to, to stage internet infrastructure to support each phase of their attack. Before they go to a corporate environment, they need to build the infrastructure the same way that we build infrastructure. So they, they need to have servers, they need to have IP addresses, they need to buy domains, they need to give a name to the domain, and then they obviously hosted many, uh, maybe um, domains um, in that IP address or IP addresses um, and therefore then the target needs to be connected to that infrastructure that they built. So many attacks use email attachments or direct payload downloads. Payload downloads essentially being meaning the, um, what is causing the trouble is delivered to the customer. So that's the payload. Um, and when that is actually then used, um, malicious links are, are created and crafted and delivered via email, unfortunately. Um, if I just open a bracket, um, you can certainly have a look at the previous um, episodes um, that I have written in terms of attacks, in terms of um, DNS and ransomware, um, just to really bring you up to speed on these jargons and vocabulary if you are um, picking this up. If you are a veteran um, IT security, fantastic, let's continue. So attack, um, attacks with, um, with an objective, to, for example, to take data out of organization, to exfiltrate data, normally initiates with a command and control callbacks so they will um, somehow deliver the um, the payload i.e they will come in and penetrate the organization and then drop something in and then the machine or machines um, that the penetration has first appeared or succeeded will then call back um, the infrastructure of the attacker so that's called command and control callback um, where the malware on a network will then communicate back with the attacker's infrastructure, and which then 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 takes the commands of the target machine, and then essentially um, the attacker is said to have a foothold in the in the in the environment. So DNS layer security essentially identifies um, where these domains and internet infrastructure are staged, and they block requests coming back to them. So when the organizations are penetrated. When that connection back is made to the um, from the customer side or the victim side back to the attacker's infrastructure over you know IP addresses or port, it doesn't matter. It then prevents this DNS layer security um, mechanism 
prevents both infiltration, i.e. in the initial entry, and also exfiltration attempt if they want to go back to connect or taking data out of the, of the, um, of the environment. So it stops malware early and prevents callbacks to attackers if infected machines um, are trying to connect to those, um, to those um, networks that are nefarious and controlled. Um, by the by the attacker. So if I can just recap, you can see the DNS layer security essentially senses the initial connection of the victim to the attacker's infrastructure and says, hey, you are going to somewhere you shouldn't do and therefore prevents that initial connection. Um, and if there has been somehow um, um, breaches or penetration of the organization, and that has succeeded for whatever reason. Maybe someone brought something um, uh, malicious into a USB stick, right? So we are all working from home today. So maybe the machine um, is infected. Maybe it's a machine that doesn't belong and is sanctioned by the IT security of the organization um, and is attached to the um, corporate environment. And then, hey, it connects back. So if that is actually happening and therefore there was nothing that came in, but actually a human being brought the issue into the corporate environment and then connection is made from within and out, the DNS layer security again senses that and say, hey, where you're going is not actually a good place. And normally that resolution happens um, beyond the gateway, beyond the perimeter of the organizations. Most of the um, DNS layer security today is a cloud-based in, in environment. And you can certainly have a look at um, the um, those DNS layer security providers. There's, there's a lot. There's OpenDNS. Um, there is the umbrella from by, by both of them by Cisco. You can actually read more about it. Um, to learn essentially how this functions. But in, by and large, it's essentially what I really provided um, as a sort of an introduction and um, overview on the first and second part of this, um, of this series um, that we are actually concluding today. So DNS layer security is a great way to really stop and make sure that the um, infrastructure um, are actually aware um, the the critical issue that might actually impact your your environment. So this really, as I said, it allows organization to mitigate attack at an early stage before it actually hits the perimeter and therefore impacts the environment of the um, of the corporate. And that's where we will conclude today for this session. Thanks for joining me, and I'll see you next time. Take care.